Yeah, DJ Clue, Desert Storm, Scott the Animal, Desert Storm Mixtape. couple of weeks i don't think we've had a podcast since since the last going to be the last podcast uh with kendrick and everybody on there um i do not have i'd like to ask everyone to engage in a little bit of theater of the mind with me i do not have the time not or the inclination to put together a montage of crib saying Wes Matthews was trash, just just a whiskey fueled, um, like completely stray, like slander of Wes Matthews, and then um, Wes Matthews guarding Kawhi down the stretch of that game. Like think about how long ago that game feels, right? The Clippers game. But just imagine it. Like, can I just tell you to imagine these things? It's more fun that way, and then I don't have to spend forty five minutes like finding all that stuff. Similarly, I do not have the time nor the inclination. Because, of course, I get stuff wrong, too, guys. Just can't think of anything recently, but certainly get stuff wrong all the time because the sports are supposed to have fun and be right and be wrong. I don't have the inclination to find any of the hundred times where I said that Chris was a six-man. And especially, I think, before we lost to the bubble heat. So, not just before the title, but before the playoff run, like the, the darkest hour against the heat. Not only was it the darkest hour because we hadn't won yet, it was the darkest hour because of Giannis, and it was the darkest hour because of the pandemic, if I'm getting my time. Yeah, middle of the Bucks are 50-8 and eight or 52-8 and eight or whatever it was. The pandemic starts. Uh, we come out of the bubble and lose. Anyway, pretty sure I talked to Tresky at that point and in particular said, wouldn't it be great if we saved him for the last five minutes of the game? So you guys know all that. But just imagine these things. And if I just say, hey, remember that? It's a lot quicker than me doing it. Rest in peace. 
uh, to Mark Lazary. Also, as someone mentioned, so we have questions. And if we have questions, I don't have to outline anything. We can just spit for like five, six, seven, eight minutes. I'm sure that's all this will be. So let's go to the questions. It's from a couple of days ago. Uh, I had an hour to kill, and then all of a sudden I did not have an hour to kill. And it's just the way it goes. So our questions from the 27th yesterday. Kendrick, what seed do the Bucks finish at? Number one. The Bucks are going to finish at the number one seed. The Nets game was kind of whack. <laughs> the the Drew, and, Drew, Drew is, uh, I don't care what the final stats say, Drew and Chris were awful. Is the lack of seriousness, yada, yada, yada. It's 15 wins. What do you want me to say? It's 15 wins. It's 15 wins. And the one seed matters. Because no matter, because then what? Maybe Boston plays Philly in the second round and we don't? Is that the idea? I can't think of too many NBA seasons, though, honestly, where the one seed didn't matter. So, so that's what's up. We got a lot of random questions. I'm going to just try not to get, I'm just going to try to answer the questions and not just take, you know, just be, and try not to wander off the reservation too much. Why do movies in general stink today? I think they don't stink. I think we're just not watching any of the ones that don't stink would be my guess. Why? Somebody somewhere was like talking about like full disclosure. For example, Marvel, not the height of cinema, right? Um, it it ended with Endgame, and the thing is, it's not so much of people like, oh, what'd you think about that uh, Black Panther? Um, Black Panther two. What'd you think about Ragnarok? What'd you think about? Eternals or whatever. I haven't seen any of those, and I'm not going to watch any of those. Uh, kids are like, Dad, come watch Wakanda Forever. I'm like, that's not Black Panther. I'm not watching that. Um, but this this is actually the conversation about nostalgia and why things matter. Like watching... Here's the thing. Just, just superhero movies, but this speaks to nostalgia. This speaks to why Top Gun was so successful versus these other movies are not... It's not really so much about the race or gender swapped gender swapped characters, although that's certainly a factor. The thing is, people have ingrained nostalgia for whatever they cared about at a certain age, right? Kendrick does. Kendrick remember, you know, like Kendrick has nostalgia for the '60s, right? When he was growing, up, when he was growing up in 1961, and um, and when he went to when he went to the lunch counter. And, um, you know, <laughs> let me shut up. And he went to the water fountain and he wanted to drink at the water fountain. No, 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 stop. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I have like, so exactly little boy. So comic book, comic book movies, keeping it real. If this is not your lived experience, great. Or as a female or anything else, comic book movies exist for little boys as a power fantasy for the muscular heroic men that they hope to grow up and be right. And, the reason those movies made a ton of money is because little boys spend a disproportionate amount of time in class wondering if the thing could beat up the Hulk if he outflanked him and whether Wolverine would kill Captain America if they fought and all this kind of stuff. And it's stupid, right? It's stupid, but but there's a million things like that. Some people, I wasn't into Pokemon. Like, again, I wouldn't deign to talk about 
I probably shouldn't answer this question first because it's a Bucks podcast. At least there's a fig leaf of this being a Bucks podcast. I think all the other questions are Bucks questions. Uh, just, but why? It's not that the movies stink. It's that you cared about the Ninja Turtles for like six months in your life. And so if they give you a really good Ninja Turtles movie, it scratches that itch. Even though I'm way too old for that kind of stuff now. And Marvel gave us a, like 20 movies in a row that scratched that itch, right? And so people are like, you should love this new Black Panther. You know, it's like, no, I, I wasted way too much time on watching, you know, toy, I don't watch like WWF or any of this other kind of stuff, but I'm, I'm assuming it's a very similar thing. That if people give you the stuff from your childhood and they sell it to you, they're selling like your lunch boxes to you again. And once that's gone, it's like, why am I wasting my time with, with, with kids movies? I mean, the kids movies. So it's not that they stink. We just aged out of it. Right. And if they make and write characters that are good enough, then the next generation of kids who are kids today will be like, I actually like this. Like again, Captain Marvel stinks, but if like people are into it, then the next generation will be like, Oh, that was my jam. And then they'll be very gatekeepery about them doing something else to Captain Marvel. But you really ultimately only care. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it, it gets put in these kind of gender kind of, kind of, it becomes a gender conversation or a racial kind of conversation. It's just like, no, I, it's, it's like saying, oh, I love Ken Griffey Jr. Well, what, what if it was a woman though? It's like, no, I love Ken Griffey Jr. Like, <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's, if something scratches that itch from something you remember, you can't like make it something else. Cause that's the thing. Like I like Top Gun because again, I think that's pretty obvious. What was the last full album you listened to, man? I can't even, I don't even know. Full album. Maybe that Janelle Monae, like three albums ago. I don't listen to full albums anymore. Let me think about that. So sorry to start with a non-basketball. Ben Miller asked a bunch of structural functional questions. So we're going to skip that. We're going to skip all of this for a minute because this will take forever. <laughs> I think Steve Pellipel asked a bunch of questions. We're going to double back to this other stuff uh, and move quicker because I think this is going to be slightly longer than one minute. What's the obligatory what's your take on Haslam? How about we're just going to put all the fire takes at the beginning? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, it, I just want people to be honest. If people are honestly offended by anything, he's done great. I feel like I lost 20% of the listeners after I defended Brett Favre uh, five years ago. I thought I did a pretty good job of articulating that, but maybe I didn't. Don't know. We will say again. And it goes for, uh, what's the name too? Who's the, who's the heat guy? What's that guy? Myers Leonard, right? Myers Leonard. The Myers, uh, Myers Leonard uh, takes for flying all over the place. And of course, Windish. Again, I'm not going to call Windish a bot. I'm not going to call him a bottom five a Twitter foul. I think some point at some point, somebody asks who's the top five or who's the bottom five. I, top five most annoying with these gatekeeper retakes. Uh, Bruce City Paul also kind of doing this stuff. Wh whoever you happen to follow, people were just like, people want to get their take off on all this kind of stuff. Eh. If it bothers you, if your feelings are hurt, I'm sorry. Uh, I think the idea with Haslam, though, is Haslam is coming with the pocketbook, theoretically. And, again, the Bucks have won 15 straight games. I don't know. Did you, did you, and here, this goes more kind of the actual answer. I think if you remember the circle of life on Lazarus Eaton's, 
they were the saviors and people it was kind of a weird thing too because people i think were probably a little bit extra on hating on herb cole who's you know save our books and all that and so when all that took place and then herb cole donated 75 or 100 million dollars or some hundreds of millions of dollars i think it was kind of people were kind of golf clappy for herb cole at that point and that's also fine I love many people, but I love the people under this roof. Like, don't don't love the owners. <laughs> like, what's your take? I don't know. I don't know. I guess he's got really sharp or shady business practices, right? Um, that That's my take. And that would generally be my take about this entire grievance culture that we've got as regard to Kyrie and Myers Leonard and all this kind of stuff. Uh, moving on. Uh, D.D. Bilski. D.B. at D.D. Bilski. Do I have a Haslam video montage coming? I was thinking Dukes of Hazard. That does seem to be uh, the brush that people are painting him with at this point. Um, the brown, <laughs> as much as I hate brown stuff, the, the as outrage culture kind of stuff goes, the um, what's the quarterback from the Texans, the Deshaun Watson thing, the Browns fans' reaction to that was absolutely despicable. Uh, Nishan Abraham, thank everybody for these questions at Packer Nish. Thoughts on the ownership transfer news today? We will have to see. I did. There does seem to be some seem to be some real GM scuttlebutt that you know people are talking about stock dilution and could he hostile take over the Bucks? I do not know. I can't control that. I don't know. I think it's fine. I think it's fine and. Well, again, back to Eaton's, um, um, or Lazary, you know, Alex Lazary and all that. Like people, at what point did everyone turn on Alexander Alexander Lazary? Right, like people are happy that they had an extremely online VP or whatever his title was, and then that went sideways. It's just you know, like in in the context, and again, back to the Brett Favre thing in the Brett Favre podcast where I was just like, hey. We don't know all the facts, and also, who cares? Um, I was like, hey, this Bledsoe thing, we don't know what that is. And then the Brent Forb news dropped, right? At some point, people are going to have to grow up and kind of realize what this is. Transformers transition sound. Steve Pellipel, two games in, does Jay get an extension? Should he? I think, so, to sidestep that and talk about the All-Star game. Was it Windhorse? Like, we've all been talking about the All-Star game, and something happened, and Conspiracy Ben is like, how come all of a sudden everybody was like, this is unacceptable and we're going to take it. Like, is this a move against Adam Silver? Because everybody started saying the same thing. I've been saying that for as long as, for since it started being whack. So since the All-Star game started being whack, like, this goes back to the win and six comment section, right? You know, that Adam and Jordan didn't get this either, but it was like, no, this is unacceptable, right? Why does everything take eight years to reach this kind of critical mass where people are like, Oh, should, should guys try? 
is is that a thing we should look into? We should we should send a memo and see if guys should try. It's like so, and then I, I think two games in, or you know, people came back from All Star break, and all of a sudden the game seemed a little bit more competitive. Although certainly not tonight. Tonight was kind of whack. Uh, but you know, obviously the Suns game without Suns game was a lot of fun. We're we're paying for these people to try, like flat out. And so Jay again operates in that PJ space of somebody else who is like showing us people trying on the floor. But I do think defensively, it's the exact same. So again, I, I don't really care. Like being consistent is overrated. I thought PJ was washed. As it turns out, he maybe could have helped us one more year. But again, if Chris is Chris, then it really doesn't matter because Chris was fat and lazy and out of shape and didn't come back. And the, the whole deal, like, or, or you can just say, oh, it was tragic that he got hurt. Either way, like, that thing happened. Does Jay get us past the Celtics? Or, or does PJ get us past the Celtics last year? Does Jay theoretically do it last year? It was just so close. Does Javon Carter? It, don't know. Don't know. He also says, who are the best 25 bucks Twitter accounts? I'm going to actually punt on this, too. I multiplied the number because I'm afraid, afraid to offend. He's soft. He says he's soft. I'm just going to tell you what I like. And this goes back to why I still... Um, I just like people saying stuff that's real. It, I, I just like people actually saying stuff and not... Like, there's no point... As I'm looking at this Kobe gift a, a thousand times in a row, I just kind of like it when people live and die with the team and say what they feel. And so the accounts that do not do that, who are the bigger accounts, are the accounts that gatekeep. Actually, you know what? As much as I like name, the most annoying account sometimes is name. Being honest, name doing like <laughs> But again, name has a, the thing. With, the thing with Eric is Eric has a job, right? And so it's hard to get mad for somebody who's actually drawing a salary off of all this, uh, but doing like, oh yeah, Bud should just tell him not to make turnovers. And it's like, yeah, the, Drew, the Drew Chris turnovers were just, there, there were 5,000, like conservatively 5,000 turnovers from Drew and Chris tonight in the first half. And it's always really annoying, which goes back to the nerds and the all-star game and the nerds and everything else. It's, it's really annoying. So I was thinking about this in the context of of Hamlin, right? Everybody tried to cancel uh, Skip Bayless for being insensitive in Hamlin, but like, kind of my thing with all this is like, if you like, maybe maybe things are like the whole question with Twitter continues to be, how public is it? Because just my opinion, I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're watching TV you're watching a movie, something happens, or something like the Hamlin situation. Generally speaking, if you are a man, if you are a man, or if you're a woman, but if you are a man, typically something happens and you think, what would I do in that situation? Oh, wow, what a crazy situation. Well, what should the NFL do? This is a Kobe, what is it, in Kobayashi Maru? In Star Trek, this is an unwinnable situation. What would I do? In that situation, when you watch a movie, oh wow, look at what's being depicted here. What would I do? There's no, there's no good answers. What, what, what would take place, right? And I think the younger generation of people who are like on the blogosphere were just like thought they were just supposed to carry water for the league. And certainly, we've seen this in baseball. It'll be interested. 
it'd be interesting to see what takes place with baseball now uh, with all the changes. But again, b- back to the thing with baseball. This is is this fairly incoherent? I feel like this is pretty incoherent. I'm sorry. Baseball didn't get their house in order, and they didn't fight against the changes. Like baseball, more than any other sport, should have fought against any technological changes. The thing about technology as it relates to sports is you should always fight it because you can never win against it anyway. But you have to hold back the dam of water, or whatever that metaphor would be. You have to put your finger in the dike for as long as possible because it's coming anyway, and then that way... Like technology and these things and these changes and these crazy coaches and these people like like the rest thing in the NBA is the exact same thing, right? All the smart people took over sports and now of course we have a rest manager and that's like a grift hustle for whoever has it, right? Like being smart and resting players and not doing the Thibodeau thing is smart, but if you just give your sports over to the smart people, people like it's smart not to go to work, and you know we're running a business here, and so. I don't really understand the lack of forethought from everybody from the NFL on pick a topic. Like, how do we not see any of this kind of stuff coming? Like, they're actually looking like we think about this, like, just sporadically and occasionally. How come no one who's like looking at pie charts and looking at all this kind of stuff didn't think there'd be a problem with the all-star game being an absolute joke? Who didn't think? Because here's the thing. Like, they're like, okay, hey, our, our viewership... Back to the NBA, I guess. Our viewership is up. This is great. Um, we've, we've made these changes to scoring and three-pointers, and people are flopping and doing all this kind of stuff. But, hey, we have compelling stars. We have James Hart. And let's say this is 2018. And Steph Curry, while he's a new face of a generation, we still have LeBron James. We have this. Uh, we got this exponential growth. Someone in some meeting. Like, you remember this with the Bucks, right, when it was like, Steve Von Horn and Frank Madden were like, every once in a while the Bucks would shoot 33s in a game or approach 30. I think 33s was the number in the early Jason Kidd, and they were like, if the Bucks would just shoot, I want to say it was 33s a game. Someone in that NBA meeting has to be like, okay, what is it? What's our sweet spot as far as scoring? What's our sweet spot? We can manufacture the game basically any kind of way we want. What's our sweet spot for scoring? What's our sweet spot for three-pointers? Why are three-pointers boring, by the way? Why are three-pointers in excess of three-pointers bad for the game? Because anyone can shoot a three-pointer. Any dude off the street, any garbage man can shoot a three-pointer. Now, he can't make it at a high rate. Any like When you watch someone, just by the nature of it, when you watch someone shoot a three-pointer... You are watching someone do something that a civilian can do in his Timberlands. And that's not compelling if it's too much. The same thing with the rock fights and the, the, you know, post-Jordan 90s. So it's really hard for me to believe that someone didn't say, okay, guys, we're in this sweet spot. Because what did Dame Lillard have? 180 points last night? No one saw this coming, right? <laughs> no one, like, like... We had this conversation forever in baseball, and I think if you grew up in the juice ball uh, baseball era, like me, there was this conversation because at that point the Kornheiser old heads were, were like, "All these games are twelve to nine. This is awful." So what is like? So what is the best NBA score? I would say the best NBA score in the playoffs is like one hundred four to one hundred, but you can disagree. But there is 
the best score? What's the best NFL score to me? Think about So the best NFL game, scoring-wise, this is not what anyone asks. The best NFL game, scoring-wise, to me, starts out slow. So then there can be a flurry of points at the end. It starts off slow. It's just like anything else. It's a build of anticipation to a release. A release, you know, a build of foreplay to climax, right? That's what you want. You want, hey, there's one quarter. Hey, there was one quarter where it was like one team had a field goal, one team had zero points, and then there was a flurry of points, and that was exciting because it didn't just feel like like a 45 to 41 football game is boring because people just score every time they have the ball. And if you disagree. What is the target? Because you don't have to agree with me on what's an acceptable amount of conflict. But what is that number? Where's the sweet spot? And if the sweet spot is not the most monetized, then you have a decision about, well, hey, maybe, so maybe for an NBA game, 100 to 99 is the best score. But we feel like it's more, maybe the money's more at a higher score. But there has to be some push and pull with that. And because Adam Silver and Rob Manford couldn't possibly grasp or understand any of these things, that's that's the situation. I'm doing all this in one take, so I apologize if this is the crazy ramblings. Who are the best 25 bucks Twitter accounts? Uh, you're up there, buddy. You're up there. Um, who's the best 25 bucks Twitter accounts? Definitely not Kendrick. Um, Kendrick bottom five Twitter accounts. Everybody block Kendrick. I tend to like <laughs> some of my guys. So I, I, I generally like the top five or six guys on black bucks, Twitter. They're going too hard on Jokic. So that's Jeezy and Yeezy. I do like bucks truther. I'm going, I shouldn't mention names cause I'm going to forget, forget names or handles or whatever. I like the usual suspects. Everybody knows I'm team Adam and Jordan and Frank and all these. But the best Bucks tour, and again, I, to the extent that I have an up and down relationship with Shafty, I am interested in what he has to say, generally. When he's not saying ridiculous stuff like Chris Middleton beat the Hawks by himself. Um, so, you know, Robert's good. Name a name. I'm, I'm probably forgetting a name. The best, the best 25 Bucks Twitter accounts are people who talk about the Bucks. And the whack ones are the ones that do gatekeepery stuff. And you know who those are. Um, well, I have seven more notifications, so scroll down here. I gotta drop my list. Uh, maybe I'll put my list in the comments. Milwaukee Roberts says, gotta drop my list. Um, I would take one of a few different comments, but like if, if the whole stupid thing went away, I'm still interested in game seven against the Celtics. There are only so many. And I've actually, actually, perhaps I should give. I just can't stand Ben Thompson. And it's funny, like he shows up in like, in either the Ethan Strauss or like the, 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 this kind of these other circles where Ben Thompson's name pops up. And even they describe him as an angry nerd. Who's always sure he's right. I do appreciate the information that comes out of some of those accounts. But again, at least any of these people who are covering the team, at least these are high information accounts. At least you're getting something out of following them. Where all those dudes lost me. And I think we're going <laughs> to be ready for another go round of this stuff again. All those dudes lost me with the 
not understanding the value of Brogdon thing, whether we should have paid him or not, not understanding the value of manufacture. Because like the 2019 bucks are still really up there as far as the things that they could do. And it's like you saw that with Brogdon when Brogdon went to Indiana and then he was, you know, manufacturer, manufacturing offense. You just need like it was Brogro, right? Brogdon and Monroe, like in the early days. You just need somebody who can manufacture something else. The 2019 bucks. I will never get over game three. For that reason. But all those guys kind of lost me with that. Oh, you don't understand the cap. You don't get this. And it's just like, okay, now here we are. Chris Middleton is the least athletic player in the league right now. I will can just tell you again. And by the way, so I don't think there was actually a question. Maybe there is a question about Chris. Dog, that's why this is going to work. This is going to work. And he's going to be awful in the playoffs, as he always is, two out of three games. But this old man is still... He's going to have that third game. He's going to flip one game. We've said this the entire time, even now this version of him, And that's actually what Jamal Crawford and Vinnie microwave and all these other six men through history, like Ricky Pierce, right? I think it's just because he's six, seven, six, eight. And because of all the things that we talk about every single podcast, he was miscast as doing too much. Not a good passer, kind of a dumb player, definitely a lazy player. He can get hot, right? He can get hot, and we're going to need that. So here we are. It's going to work, and that's why I think we're going to win the title. But I have noticed post the Suns game or post any of these other games that nobody's doing the who's the second best buck anymore. Why? But, again, Chris has given us 10, 10, 11 years. We don't actually really need to dump on him. But, like, nobody's doing the how clutch is Drew thing. He's clearly the most clutch buck relative to what he does, right? Can we agree? Am I am I blinded by this? Can we agree that the Drew Holiday experience is the Drew Holiday clutch experience is not what the Chris Middleton clutch experience is? Would the numbers back that up? I'm guessing, although I could be wrong, that the numbers would back that up, and that's why nobody is talking about the numbers. Let's see. Armin Sarian says, imagine winning the championship instead. Yeah, I brought up Halliburton tonight. You should have pulled that trigger, right? Harms. Baharms. What's your favorite Mark Lazary memory? Honestly, in the early days of him coming on, it's it's the meme ability of whatever that picture was where he was like on the phone looking like like a New York, like, I don't want to say banker, gangster, but like looking like he was calling in some assassin or something like that. And so then you could um, put him next to Stern or put him next to Silver or, you know, or do that kind of stuff and be like he's calling in a favor to Silver or whatever else. Um, but yeah, it's good. But honestly, it's got to be the celebrity game or whatever they call that. He says, though, one of his favorite memories is how quiet people get with him sitting courtside with Bill Clinton. Ah, the early days, right? The early days of like, of Clinton and Obama jokes and what we did to like get moose, like the, the moose pitch meeting and all of that. Um, yeah, again, that's now that's the kind of, that's the kind of billionaire I can really get behind. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, we want a title, man. We want a title. There you go. You don't you, you don't have to marry the guy. 
Salvador. I feel like 1973 Salvador is always asking me a get my goat kind of question, always asking me to like embrace the blue or whatever. How do I feel about a pilot Flying J <laughs> sponsorship patch on uniforms? And obviously this is meant to hurt my feelings. Your words, look, your, your words are painful. Your words, um, I, I need you to understand how much in the uniform community, how much your words um, inspire hate. Um, I'm trembling right now. Um, I'm, I'm going to need you to do better and to get involved with the uniform community and really, really understand how your hurtful uniform takes have have caused harm and and i need you to better now i i don't speak for the entire uniform community so it's not it's not up to me to forgive you but i i just i i'd like to ask you <laughs> to start with a terrible bit that is um <laughs> the uh, like the i was amused by um by Kevin O'Connor getting blamed for for the Alabama situation, um, so much so much displaced anger. Everyone's angry. Nobody's angry at the right things. But that boy, if you step out of line, you are going to get blamed for for murder. Um, actually, though, that question. So twenty seven Thunder City jerseys ago. I did have a, have a theory that they did like a gradient blend fade kind of thing. And it did and I think they were sponsored by Flying J or they were sponsored by something very similar. I think this was OKC. And it did look like they designed it was like how that the Portland uniform looked like the Blazers looked like the Blazers or the Portland uniform looked like a Burger King uniform and it looked like they were like hey if Pilot J if Flying J is sponsoring us let's just make our jerseys look like Flying J like that like the the Brewers Miller Park thing so but yeah no yeah, uniform patches again they're running every everything's ruined so Tiris Timsist at Timsist if the Knicks win tonight, who's got the best? Uh, if the Knicks win tonight, which they did, who's got the best record in the league? The Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks. <laughs> B. Harms also says, "Will Adam Silver emerge from a darkness retreat and solve regional sports networks, load management, and players forcing trades?" He does not know what's going on, but everybody like. Am I the only one who's a has this been mentioned? I do not like. I was I was super psyched, like no shade, but I was super psyched after the uh, Suns win, and then listen to Locked On Bucks and uh, Hero Step, uh, the formerly formerly named Winner Six. But like, it's been a minute. Like, are people talking about this? It, like, everyone. It was like it was like the word went out, like he was Kamala or something. It was just like everyone's like being like, this is unacceptable. Like, Winhorse took him out, and all of a sudden, like, I think this was a Stephen A. segment. Um, no one asked because this also just dropped um, the Giannis on the Daily Show thing. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all. It, you know, say it. It's just a joke, but say it. So, will he emerge from a darkness retreat? Um, we're still going to do the Rogers episode. We keep um, me and. Um, 
limps keep circling each other and keep saying, hey, want to do it this weekend, want to do it this weekend. I need him to educate me on the Rodgers situation because I'd like to get some context for everything now as to how actually I do not know what Packer Nation thinks about this kind of stuff. But it is, I think that'll probably be the next episode. Or maybe the next episode will be three hours from now as I watch The Mandalorian. So now let me double back. Also let me know if this is like a better episode or if this is, I will not be offended if this is the worst episode. Me doing this like this because I think this is, what is this? This is at least six minutes now. If I missed any other questions, um, my apologies. Just send them back and we'll, we'll run it right back. But I'm looking at tweets and quote tweets benjamin miller at ben miller mke asked 80 questions so let's read them now what is the ideal number of games has to be at least 58 to have home and away versus each team so that's the first question are you concerned that Giannis got injured operating from the post seems the post could be his sweet spot whenever he loses a step which won't happen for years Am I worried that Giannis simply won't want to be a post guy? Associated question, how do I feel about this like Joe Mandy's proposal to get rid of the bin break in the three-point line, thus eliminating the corner three? College versus pro officiating, what do I prefer? Things such as no zero step in college for traveling. Uh, immediate tech for players who argue with refs, moving screen rules enforced, flopping penalized. Intentional files called for wrap-up, stopping the fast break, etc. Thank you for all of those questions. I'm just trying to see if there are replies to the replies. There's some Culver subplot. I'm trying to catch all this. So let's... Let me try to... I feel like I've complained about management... Management ownership, commissionership a fair amount in this episode. The ideal number of games is 80 two games we are already at the ideal number of games if you make it 58 games these dudes will play 40 games um bottom five twitter account just as far as ideology i'm sure again i'm sure all these people are just great right seth partno and what he represents all, all these people like all these people came out of the woodwork now this week and are like no no it's a it's, it's us telling them these guys to sit. It's not these guys. Don't blame these guys. All right, we're blaming you. We're blaming you. And so so the real question, though, the real mind puzzle is, and I don't think it's a hard puzzle, is so you've – the game has been maneuvered and evolved because evolution is going to happen regardless, right? Things are going to change. Uh, strategies are going to change, all this stuff. But – The game is is now so much. The conversation continues to be about like, well, it's so hard. Like it's so like, what NBA game have you watched seriously where you're like, wow, these guys are just covering so much ground. This is just wow. Like how can how can these guys be expected to do this? Is is that your visual experience watching the game? Like I can't look at look at what we ask of Pat Connaughton. Like he's not <laughs> like all of these guys. Like like half of the time these Bucks defenders could not care less. And then they like crank it up when they have to. So if people are like, they say, well, uh, you know, sport track or whatever, the eye in the sky is saying, these guys are covering so much more ground than before. So I ask again, is that good for the game? 
if you're telling me that for whatever reason the the person with the two hundred fifty thousand dollar your job who's like the side grift is like telling or more than who knows who knows what anybody makes is like well we can't let these guys play do we have too much information like this isn't an NFL sense of like do we'll do you know shoot you know shoot this guy up whatever painkillers who cares if he blows out his knee do we have too much information if they have all these charts that say well you know if we play them there's an eighty one percent chance of re injury but you know, if we sit them, it's, it's, you know, 79 or what, like, how, how are these things actually knowable? Are we just like trusting the experts with this? Like, I really want to understand what's going on with that, on with that, but forget all that again, aesthetically, it is more aesthetically valuable for people to be skilled at all aspects of the game from the mid range, Seth Partnow. Oh, and again, like, Oh, no, I never said all these guys. I never said that. Oh, I never said, I never said the two wasn't valuable. Like whatever they say, like, there was a full three and four years on Twitter. Wow, this is a ranty pod. This is a really ranty pod. Sorry. Well, people are so the questions are structural. We're talking about structural things about the NBA because the Bucks have won fifteen straight games and are going to win a title this year, as I've been saying since September. So I guess we're talking about the structural things tonight. Where was I? There was three or four years on Twitter. You could not find somebody to defend the mid range. It was all the ball don't stop guys, if anything. And at that point, if you recall, they were talking about Carmelo, right? And Carmelo was kind of not the smartest player, and people had resentment towards him for leaving for going to New York and all that. And and the mid range guys were holding on to Kobe, and but like for I just don't the the amount of gaslighting for people to pretend like these dummies didn't even realize that three points is worth more than two points. That was like a five-year odyssey. And you cannot tell me that there was no one who spoke up for that. And then like at a certain point, everybody flipped and they were like, well, we never said under these situations. We never said, they snuck back. Well, obviously Chris Paul. And it's like, shut up. No one said that. No one said that. No one defended anybody who was saying that for five years. And it would be, it's just a better, again, it's just a better product. If guys... Because nobody wants to go back to the days of playing four games in five nights. But this is the circle of life. Now no one wants to play if they're not a thousand percent. And even worse than that, even worse than that, is now this kind of idea of, because now we're not even talking about risk. There's this like strategic chess game of like withdraw and retreat. I think everybody figures that Durant probably could have played against the Bucks, But it's like, we're going to lose that one. We're going to play this one. We're going to advance and retreat. We're going to pull our guys for this game. We're going to play them for this game. Oh, the Celtics are all here for this game. Oh, we're going to, we're going to retreat from that game. Oh, the Bucks are full, full strength in the regular season. Now the Celtics are all going to pull back. It's whacker than whack. Like, it's unmanly. It's not competitive. And full circle back to Middleton, the actual solution for this. But, of course, the number of guys will never – like. So much of the game is is focused on people like just losing their mind over numbers, right? So much of this is for people who don't have anything interesting to say about basketball to be like, let's look at this guy. Let's run this guy's numbers versus every numbers that's ever been and be like, oh, actually, if you see person X is actually in the third percent of post touches since blah, 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 blah. And that's interesting. Like, I'm not like I'm talking a lot. It's late. I feel like this is a really cranky deal, but I'm just like saying, so like people, people like that and that's fine, but the actual solution 
is the Chris Middleton solution. The Bucks had a real problem with Chris Middleton. He's this entrenched guy, but he only impacts winning when he's super hot or when he doesn't play that much. And there was all that conspiracy stuff about, is he tanking? Is he waiting for a deal? All this kind of stuff before. I didn't, I think I said this publicly, I didn't buy into all that. But what happened is we said, we're just not going to play you that many minutes. And that way, hey, big dog, nobody's going to worry about your numbers because everybody knows we're not playing you. And no one, not even me, no one's looked at his numbers. Maybe somebody's putting out this number. I'm sure somebody's going to try to per 36's numbers at some point. But that's actually the way to do this, right? If you have a big objection, if you have a big problem to what's happening to the league where people pay a lot of money to go to a game and they can't guarantee that the stars are going to play, do you care about money or do you care about numbers? I mean, ownership structurally, like, what do you care about? Because if I go to the game with, you know, if you go to a game with your five-year-old kid and your 10-year-old kid or whatever, and Giannis plays 15 minutes, everyone's happy. But doing it that way, his numbers will not blow Kareem's out of the water, will not blow these guys out of the water who are playing in Chuck Taylor's and riding buses and, you know, taking like regular flights and all that. So it's already like already the reason numbers are like ridiculously not comparable across eras is because obviously you play better if you only play when you're 100 percent. If you only I mean, it's like the NFL, if the NFL all of a sudden played two games a week, things the numbers would be different. Right. I don't think that's that's a hard concept to wrap your game, wrap your head around. The way to fix everything is like, OK, so you want a night off. You don't get a night off. You play 18 minutes. But, of course, nobody's going to do that. Uh, no, I don't care. It's question two. He had the dirt uh, fadeaway going well tonight, but the problem is through the years he hasn't been too skilled at the post, and this wasn't a great game for him until it was. Three incredible dunks, kind of in the early portions. But, you know, it, it. we understand that he wants to get the ball in space, and that looks awesome a lot of times, and sometimes it doesn't. But, no, I'm not worried about the post. Uh, the post should be a sweet spot, but he needs to pick two or three things that he wants to do all the time. He doesn't need he, his his bag is actually ironically too big in the post. He tries to do too many things. Again, I don't. Uh, sure, I said this on the pod before, but just on three pointers, people. This is the the problem is. This goes back to baseball. This goes back to everything I said. I, I promise, guys, I won't podcast for six months after doing this long, stupid rant. When you screw something up, then you end up making fixes to fix the fixes. And it becomes like that Simpsons joke of like, you know, we got anteaters to kill this. And then we got, you know, we got snakes to kill the anteaters or whatever it was. And then we got gorillas to, to kill the snakes. And then that's the genius of it. The gorillas die when, when winter comes or whatever, right? You just end up making adjustments to the same stupid stuff you were doing. No, you shouldn't get rid of the, the break on the three. You need to let people aggressively contest three-pointers and so he asked other he asked about moving screens i think the real fix you make me commissioner tomorrow the real fix is to allow people to jump and contest threes it's really just as simple as that because right now the true the like the three true outcomes or however many true outcomes but most of the outcomes if you take a three-pointer and actually it's it's gotten better than previous years when everyone was just falling down on every three-pointer. 
but the three-pointer has to be a risk. Like, the Oprah three-pointer should be taken, and people should get hot, and people should still, like, all the Dame stuff, all the generational players should still gun a lot, and all the garbage players like Trey Young, who's obviously... But, like, Trey Young is basically unplayable because of defense, but if he can't flop on any game where he's mediocre, like, he shouldn't even really be in the league. But he's allowed to be in the league because it was the same thing with Harden. Harden obviously would have been in the league, but there's all these guys. So you don't need to – you just need to let people jump out out the three. And and honestly, I'm sure I've said this before, Zaza ruined basketball because Zaza intentionally – Zaza and Bruce Bowen intentionally trying to hurt guys flipped everything because you shouldn't really watch an NBA game and worry about guys' ankles. And it's a whole other old man debate about how everyone's basically wearing a version. Like Giannis is wearing a version of the Kobe's. Everybody's wearing a a three-quarter or a low top. And they keep saying that doesn't matter. Well, tape your ankles. But here's what I'm saying. So when a ball goes in traffic in the NFL and it goes to, to you know, the tight end or there's a toe tap in the end zone or there's a play and there's a you know quarterback throws the ball up for grabs, no one thinks, oh, man, look, at the ball went up. Oh, I hope those guys' ankles are going to be okay. Every once in a while you see a gruesome ankle injury, but that's going to happen anyway. You can't protect people's ankles. And if you see somebody who's intentionally trying to do stuff, just throw them out of the game. But, you know, attrition. You take 5%, you you, you shave 5% of speed off of this. Because the game, all, the thing we have to say about all these complaints about the regular season is the game gets a lot better in the playoffs anyway, right? So you don't need to change so much of it in the playoffs, but you just need to manage the game um part of that as you said yes i'm in favor of them enforcing traveling i'm in favor of them enforcing um moving screens and just kick somebody out for penalizing and i think here's the other thing that i think what sport was this there's a lot more now you're seeing this being admitted i think this came in the nfl we've got this whole stupid system of challenges and all that and you're going to see, I think, as the years go by, more and more people like we of course we know that like the league has always been fixed in a way. But you're gonna get more and more of, hey, New York saw that play. Just just hey, we got the official in the earpiece. Just point right. Don't worry about it. No foul. Hey, you think it's off the Bucks, just it's off the Celtics. And of course there's an the implication to all that that kind of eye in the sky stuff, but that's that's what's going to happen. You don't need challenges. You need somebody to be like, I saw that. He stepped in the line. Point the other way. And that's a much better to me. Replays in the NBA are not... In- replays in the NFL, the nature of the helmets and the pageantry and the high def and the grass and the point that the rules are so difficult to enforce that generally speaking watching a replay 27 times in the NFL from all these interesting angles is interesting. And the arguments are actually part of the thing, I would say. And the fact that the disagreements are... Like, it's an unbridgeable gap. The disagreements are, are unbridgeable to me in the NFL, right? Like, I, I thought that the call, the holding call at the end of the Chiefs and the Super Bowl was a bad call, but I'm a guy sitting here watching it on TV. It's like a weird kind of thing where a receiver can basically run like a Z pattern and run into you, and then all of a sudden you're holding him because he ran into you and then switched directions, and he knows which way he's going and you don't. 
But the only way you kind of fix that kind of stuff, but like th- that kind of stuff benefits football, I feel. Because it's so interesting to argue. The NBA, every overhand angle is garbage. We're interested in seeing these guys do dunks and see the play again in a couple, of, but we don't want to see replay. We want somebody to say, hey, that's a charge. Hey, change that. Hey, that's Giannis six, six call. Don't do that. That's actually what we want to do. We will be back. There may be something else. Clearly, I'm losing my voice, and I think this is possibly the worst podcast. So bottom, <laughs> I am a bottom five uh, Bucks Twitter account, and this is a bottom five episode. And let me see. We got 27 more notification. B-Harm says the Sarah Silverman wannabe accounts of Bucks Twitter. Well, well now. I certainly don't have anything to say about that. Kyrie here. Uh, Johnny Whitewater says a lot of people. So what is this? It's a hundred people. Okay. The Halliburton thing was, was Paul Pressey 25's thing. So blame him on that. Thank you everybody for listening. Do, is there anything else? I guess the final thing I'll say, this has been, what has this been? An hour? Dang, it's been an hour. For people hating on Jokic, like the Jokic thing, we can talk about the Jokic thing some other time. Or not at all. Back to the Seth Parnoization of sports. I just want to say this again. People want to make the, the racial conversation with Jokic. We can have that offline too, I suppose. And I thought, I, I thought, I tried to make a, I, I thought... The conversation that we had uh, was that last time about acting because it's like acting too. I think we, we said this last time, but it, it isn't a little bit. It is in a way about acting, but like so. So, who wins best actor, right? It's like this is kind of a common trope. Is it best actor the person who does the most acting? And what they say when they say when they mean what that means is just doing the most showy stuff isn't really necessarily the highest form of the art form. The art form should have some degree of subtlety, but what we've progressed to in sports is if you have 41 points, then the guy who had 46 points had the better game. And that's actually not true. That's actually not true because we can leave on this, I guess. The purpose of basketball is to win and empower your teammates to win and to have a winning culture and to raise the floor and so that your team is just such a squad and so dialed in, which frankly is not what we see with the Bucks, but that's fine. That's the actual purpose. The purpose is not to hoard all the stats for yourself. And then all of a sudden, because there's a counterpunch, there's a counterpunch to every stat, but these dudes aren't really going to tell us that. Like remember single, all these things, single game plus minus per 36, all these things. Five years later, they're like, well, actually there's a great big flaw in that. And then... The narrative around Jokic got so hot, then all of a sudden people were like, well, actually, they, don't they sub they sub five guys out? So, of course, his plus minus or whatever has advanced this and has advanced this and that and whatever Bomani talks about. Well, actually, that's that's the flaw in that is like the team's awful when he's off the floor. Jokic is great. He's generationally great. If you name the greatest passers in basketball history, he's in the top seven with Magic and Kid and Pistol Pete. And he's like a he passes like a point guard and Bird. And whoever else I'm forgetting. He's, he's like a much better passer than LeBron. And that means a lot to me. I don't think they'll actually should give him the MVP, but it's just a dumb conversation. None of this matter none of this is about none of this is like ultimately about winning a title. And my voice is gone. Zip it up, zip it out.
keep joining super teams to win the NBA title. How about, how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team?